It's Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation. Back at it in Las Vegas at MJ BizCon. We're in a press we're in a press room right now. And I get a chance to talk to my man Tahir Johnson uh, with Simply Pure New Jersey, bro. Congratulations, congratulations, you, bro. congratulations! Everything that you are doing in this space. And um, before we get even started, please, for those who don't know, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Tahir Johnson. I'm the founder and CEO of Simply Pure Trenton. We're an adult use cannabis dispensary opening in my hometown in um, Ewing, um, Ewing, New Jersey. Uh, we were one of the first black-owned dispensaries to get our license in New Jersey, and we're um, opening in January. Uh, so I've been in uh, cannabis for the past five years, and uh, man, like, you know, grinding, doing yes. different things, and I'm, I'm excited to be getting ready to open the store. Yeah, okay, so you're ready to open the store. Man, first off, talk about how anxious you are about even doing that, because I know that's a whole undertaking in itself. Man, you know, uh, super anxious, man, because for one, really the biggest thing is, um, you know, I'll say I was having a conversation with, uh, like, Wanda here the other day, when I was, somebody was like, you know, you're almost at the finish line, and she's like, nah, the starting line, for yeah. real, because even all this work I did and all of this, like opening the store and actually running it and it being good is, uh, is like a whole other thing. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's been a lot of work, but things are really just just getting ready to get started. Yeah, man. So um, before we get into even more of the business side, talk about how you found your way into cannabis in the first place. Like, what was the first time that you actually consumed? Oh, my first first time that I consumed, that was when I was in um, high school. That was in the 10th grade. Um, I broke my finger basketball season, so I wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time, like, I had time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just chilling. That was one of them kids in my mind, me super active, always doing yeah, sports yeah, activities, yeah. this, that. But then, um, you know, I, that time I was home, and I got some weed from my god sister, Chick. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to roll. So I, my, um, my boy Jason that lived across the street from my grandmother, he got him and he rolled up the joint and um, we blazed and man, that, it, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I loved it. And um, you know, I, I, after that, I really didn't smoke a lot in like as much in high school. Um, but then when I went to Howard, like freshman year, once I was going like there, that's when they really like started. Oh, I know, know it was on Howard's campus. Yeah. So I was like, stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, I was the one like freshman year, like turning out like all the people that didn't smoke to be like, you know, cause they, me and my boy Tex, like, yo, we used to be like bombing his room out and we actually used to be recording video like shit in there, like when we were smoking. And so like, man, we were like the originals. Like I was, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been, you know what I'm saying? So he was has gateway. always been a part of my life, He's, man. He was the gateway to a bunch of other people learning how to smoke weed. Yeah, man, <laughs> you know, could be introduced to how amazing yeah. cannabis was. But prior to opening up the store, you were definitely active on 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 um, political side. You were definitely Absolutely. outside lobbying. You were definitely outside pushing for some of these laws that are passed now that allow entrepreneurs like yourself to have stores. Yeah. Speak to us about your past life as a lobbyist, well, working, in, working as, yeah, as a lobbyist and working in the political side. Yeah, so yeah. directly before um, getting the dispensary. I was a director of social equity at the Marijuana Policy Project and the United States Cannabis Council. And, um, and right before that, the um, director of diversity at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Yeah. So in those positions, I was focused on um, lobbying and, uh, and federal, um, um, on like, for federal, I'm sorry, policy and programs. I'm like at the federal level and like different state levels. So just making sure that social equity is a part of the conversation. 
Um, and I also, like I said, ran different programs. Like I had an internship program that I did with the Congressional Black Caucus Association. And I actively participated with a lot of different, um, you know, organizations, you know, to just bring them and educate them on cannabis and social equity. So it was great to have that position. And that's what prepared me and educated me and helped me really like understand the game, you know what I mean? The rules, you know, and everything like that to be prepared to be in it. Yeah. And also the network too. Well, now you're part of a, a well, it seems to be like a burgeoning franchise that's about, that's starting that's starting right now. That's with Simply Pure. Yeah. How did you get involved with Wanda James in the first place? And when did the idea to come up to say, let's have a Simply Pure location in New Jersey? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've known Wanda since back when I worked at NCIA. Yeah. Um, and um, back, like, back when I used to do my podcast and I used to do a lot of different, um, like, virtual panels and things like that, um, Wanda was some like I think I, I met I was doing something live on Facebook and she um like you know commented on it and after that like I sent her a message and we you know she gave me her number and I called her this is probably like 2019 or something like that 2020 mm -hmm. um and so uh you know we ended up talking like you know not even have anything to do with the dispensary but us just us becoming friends and of course because of you know she's somebody that's that's a you know super passionate leader on social equity um, and leader just amongst black people in cannabis. And for me, there was somebody coming up in it. That was somebody that I built, just built a relationship with on that. So when it was time for me to open the dispensary, I knew that she had already had like plans and wanted to like, uh, you know, wanted to have a, you know, have other people like license the brand um, and grow Simply Pure and take it outside of Colorado. Um, and so when I, you know, wanted to have my dispensary, I thought it would be dope to be able to like help expand that brand is like you know the first black-owned brand and show you know for like collaboration for black people and everything so you know i hit her up and asked you know asked her to let me um you know do the deal and we um we, we made it happen and the rest is history man congratulations man so now you got the branch in, in new jersey and i know that there's been a lot of support but there's also most likely been a lot of criticism you know what i mean talk to us about the people who have supported and what's it like even dealing with any criticism that's come from the fact that you're bringing this new brand into a new state such as new jersey yeah you know uh man you know i've been i've you know i've been blessed man you know if it's the if the haters are out there i really haven't heard you know heard them man <laughs> Um, you know, in my case, you know, we've, we've been, we've had a lot of success. Like I said, we were actually, like I said, the first black owned company to be awarded a license. Yeah. Of course, not the first to open, uh, but because it's this, oh man, all these delays. I say who's been hating is was my construction. Exactly. Um, construction <laughs> permit office, man. Those are the only, those are really the only haters. But no, shout out to them. They approved them. And I don't want to say nothing bad because they still got to approve my, uh, my um, actual inspection. So yeah. they're great. <laughs> so chill. If you, if you watch this interview, just know it was all jokes. <laughs> but what's not a joke is watching is Black-owned businesses in the cannabis space and the, their issues with actually surviving after you open up. Oh, my God. Getting a license is one thing, yeah. but actually having a business and having it grow is another thing. Yeah. And that goes for people who are even in an ancillary business. It's very hard for Black-owned businesses to survive in cannabis. Yeah. What do you feel like are some of the biggest issues that Black-owned businesses have in cannabis? And how do you feel like we can kind of, we can over, overcome some of those problems? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I can speak from my personal example because even though I, you know, had a lot of experience in cannabis um, and I also had a, 
um, you know, experience, background working in finance. Previous yeah. to cannabis, I was an investment advisor, um, you know, and I like a bank manager. Um, so I understood, you know, money and, and, um, and all those things. But one of the things that I, I don't think that I knew and did properly was the amount that it was actually going to cost me to start up the business. Um, so like budget, right? So imagine if, you know, you think that it's going to cost you $750,000 to open your dispensary and it cost, ends up costing you almost $2 million. Yeah. Right? And, then, you know, as a black person, you don't, first of all, and then access, access to capital is the biggest thing, I was going to say, getting $750,000 right? is already $750, in the first place yeah. is the issue, but making sure you have the right budget, um, you know, to do it is, you know, is tough. This is, this is an expensive, um, expensive game, and, you know, there's no access to banks, loans, so the access to capital is typically the, the toughest thing for most of our people to try to, you know, get in the game in the first place. Yeah. And just about surviving, you know, it's the same thing. Even when you get in, um, you know, you still, like it's, like in my case, right, like I got to, I'm, you know, I'm building out, like I'm doing construction, I'm doing all these things. And again, thankfully, I'm blessed to be able to have the funds um, and investors to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that makes a big difference in the world. But even for me, it's tight. You know, I'm managing a budget very, you know, very strictly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I know that you're a hip hop head, man. Yeah. If, if you can compare yourself to any rapper right now, like who would be the person you would compare yourself to? Man, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, I feel like, uh, Man, I, I feel like uh, like J like I feel like when I'm doing this shit, I feel like Jay Z. Say it out loud. I already man. seen it coming. I feel like, <laughs> like Hov like like in '96, <laughs> man. When I be doing this shit, man, it's just the the way like just building the team, like just building the vibes that yeah. we be putting out there, like just coming straight in, like you know, actually like being around in the game. It's kind of like we have reasonable doubt. But like just coming in and taking over, like running this shit, man. Like you know, it's been kind of, it's been, it's been dope, man. I recommend American. Listen to American Gangster, man. Yeah. You're actually in that phase. I was gonna say phase. not even '96, but like I say that because I'm just opening and just getting started. Yeah. But like really, man. Like sometimes, like I, you know, like you said, just like feel, I definitely just I feel like who, man. Yeah. <laughs> you in that phase right now. He's in American. He's in American Gangster whole yeah, phase right yeah. now. I'm watching it, man. Yeah. So as we get closer to actually opening up the store. Uh, talk to us about how proud you are about actually seeing this dream come to come to life. Yeah, man, you know that's the that's the greatest thing like ever in the world because I, you know I've actually been working towards getting a license, having a business in cannabis for five years now. When I um, started in the industry back in 2019, I quit my job in finance because I wanted to apply for a license and I lost. So you know did all the other things in the industry and was blessed to do that, but then they'll come back all this time later and actually get the license, um, you know, and be opening up a business and be doing, I mean, first of all, it's so dope because I'm doing it in my community, like at home with my family, like it's the most beautiful thing in the world, man. So, you know, I just, I just love every minute to be, you know, doing it. And it's been, uh, man, it's, it's been a blessing, man, you know? Yeah, much, much love to you, man. Appreciate you for stopping by with us today. Yeah. Um, that's my man, Tahir Johnson. Please make sure you watch out his whole entire journey because you can find him, find him on social media and watch how he's coming to life, how he's bringing, to, how he's bringing this new business to life. I appreciate my you, my boy. Appreciate you, man. And that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation.